You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha. Hi, guys. Welcome back to Not Basic Blonde podcast. And if you're a business owner or you try to become one, you must listen to this episode because in this episode, Jacqueline and Mina from Product Boss will tell us everything you need to know on how to grow your business during pandemic, how to take your business from a startup to seven-figure income business, and the most effective ways on growing your business. So tune in now. Hi, Product Boss. Welcome to Not Basic Blonde podcast. How are you guys today? Great. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks so much. Oh, thank you, guys. It's my pleasure. <laughs> I was just going to say there's two of us. So this is my, I'm Jacqueline, and that's my co-host, Mina. Hi there. So you'll start to hear our voices, hopefully, and kind of differentiate between the two. Yeah, that's nice. Okay. Uh, would you please, guys, tell our listeners about yourself? Yeah, so... um. I, my name is Jacqueline and I am a fashion designer and business strategist. Um, I've been helping launch, I've launched over 2000 fashion apparel and accessory brands over the last 14 years. And I've even launched one of my own. And a few years ago, Mina and I met and started the product boss where we are a uh, podcast. Plus we have online educational courses and masterminds where we help product entrepreneurs. So anyone that makes a physical product, Um, basically grow and scale their businesses. Right. Um, We like to think of ourselves as a dynamic duo and we love doing the podcast and kind of have built the business there. I also own another business as well. Um, Just like Jacqueline, um, I have a product business called Little Labels and we sell waterproof labels primarily on Amazon during camp and school and um, daycare. Wow, that's nice. But, you know, so many people find it difficult to work with your friend and so many businesses don't last that way. But how did you guys decide to work together? How did you, were you friends before? Um, Sort of. We actually are sort of like an online business relationship, met online. Um, We both were a part of like a very high performing female entrepreneur 
community um, where I was helping people, like I said, in fashion and Mina had this amazing business on Amazon. And I actually just reached out to her through the Facebook community asking her questions about selling my product at that point online on Amazon, because I wanted to actually liquidate and clear out my product. And when I spoke to Mina, she's like, let's do a video chat. And we met online and she told me that Amazon was not the place to liquidate product. And from that point, we jumped over and started basically, um, chatting more and Voxering, Voxer's a voice app. And we just started talking, we call it our love language, the same language, which is basically product-based businesses and business. Um, and we just went back and forth, back and forth. And then ultimately what happened was I speak on a lot of panels in the fashion industry and I was asked to host a panel and put together some experts. And I asked Mina if she wanted to fly because Mina's in Iowa. Um, I used to be by coastal between Los Angeles and New York. I'm now fully New York. And, um, Mina flew from Iowa to LA to speak on this panel. And that was the first time we met each other. And actually at that panel is when we sort of launched our business where we sold a product-based mastermind um, before we ever had the podcast. And how did you guys decide to start the product boss? Well, it kind of just happened naturally and organically with the evolution of the podcast. Pretty much we decided, you know, we actually at that panel that Jacqueline was just talking about, we sold, um, it was almost 10 spots to that mastermind. And then three months later we launched the podcast and, uh, with the podcast, that's where the name, the product boss came in because we decided to start that podcast. We really wanted to make sure that people knew that it was a podcast speaking to product businesses that had a physical product. And, um, that's when we started it just three months after we had started the mastermind. Oh, that's amazing. And how long have you been doing it? That was January 2018, right, Mina, when we started the podcast? Yeah, right. So we started the Mastermind October 2017. Oh, that's great. And why is it so helpful? Why is it Mastermind is so helpful for businesses? And what's the secret sauce? Um, I guess I'll jump onto that one. Well, masterminding, the beauty of masterminding is whether it's being facilitated by an expert or expert coaches like Mina and myself, or uh, whether it's just a really fantastic facilitator, but it's the idea of many minds coming together to help work on your business. We kind of say it's like your board of directors. And so a lot of times product-based businesses feel very alone. A lot of people have started their business on Etsy, or it was a hobby that they decided that they could sell. Some people have fully scaled it into businesses with full teams. But right now, Amina and I have a mastermind called The Top and are the it's female founders and they have a business ranging from half a million dollars to two and a half million dollars are these women in this group. And the beauty about it is that they they've built these businesses, but they never had other women or people they could talk to about the things inside. So a lot of times women tend to shy away from saying like, I just had a hundred thousand dollar month or I have a team, someone on my team that's really not perfect for my team. And I don't know how to like, what well, do I fire them? Do I give them a warning? What do I do? And so we, Mina and I, the reason we came together was we had our own successful, you know, multi six figure businesses. Um, and we didn't have anyone to speak to. I couldn't go to my girlfriends and say like, Hey guys, I'm having a really hard, you know, month. I've just lost $10,000 or I've just made a hundred thousand dollars. And so the mastermind really gives you a safe place, especially for female founders to, have to talk about the things that people do talk about in business and the things that help us thrive and also like the highs and lows of it. Oh, I see. That's nice. 
And what is the best way to promote a business? Um, to promote our business? Um, so we have no, a lot of, or to mo- any, oh, any business. business. Oh, yeah. okay. I would say the best way would definitely be to um, narrow in on your customer base. So it's hard to sell to people that don't want your product. Obviously, that's with anything, right? And so if you really focus on who your ideal customer is, I think that's the way best way to start. And from there, you kind of roll it into your messaging is what it's called. How are you talking to those people that you really want to light up in this life, right? So once you make that connection with them, I think the selling comes naturally. I think it's hard to sell anything and hard to promote anything in a business if you don't have, if you're not speaking to the right customer and if you don't have the actual language around it that you really want to be able to connect with them and they really know if it's right for them. And it just motivates both sides. Oh yeah, I see. That's nice. But how do you suggest to grow your business during pandemic? Uh, Well, that's a great question. So as you heard, Mina's got her kids home. I have my kids home. And sometimes people feel like maybe their arms are tied or that they should fall back versus push forward. Um, On our podcast and with our community, we've been really speaking about what can you do right now to move your business forward. We have always talked about these times, like not having enough time. Everyone says, I don't have enough time to do whatever you think you need to do to to promote your business. So we're really leaning into, I think everybody, because it's forced, is online. So everyone needs to to think, how do I bring my business online? How do I make my business um, relevant at this time? And so when for product-based businesses, a lot of our, our students have been selling wholesale. So they sell to physical stores. Um, they may have their own store. They may have been selling or had plans to sell at markets, trade shows, you know, gift marts, that sort of thing. And all of that is done. So the thing right now that everyone has to think about is how can I pivot my business easily and quickly? And how do I become relevant in, in the topic? So, you know, Mina's business, Little Labels, sells uh, baby bottle labels, basically that parents use to put onto uh, bottles and Tupperware and a pair and clothing, let's say for when they go to daycare and camp. Well, kids aren't in daycare and camp. So then right now she has to think, how do I make this product relevant? How do, how, what other uses can it be had? Let's say at home when people are reorganizing their spice racks, um, can she shift her messaging? And then the other side of it is can she sell online? So we're really teaching a lot about selling, you know, through video, let's say, um, and through social, which are free platforms. And then if you can't, if you can't sell, if if really your product, you know, if really your product is something that people cannot take advantage of right now, we're either saying, you know, sell gift cards or work on the parts of your business that you, again, wish you had time for. So we say visibility and systems. So how can you show up more? How can you work on your systems? How can you really fine tune your business right now so that when the doors do open back up, you're ready? Yeah. So basically the situation is given to us to think outside of the box and pivot in different directions. So not just like see one side of the situation. Right. How to overcome financial hardships during this time? Yeah, that's a, a it's a really tough one, Mina, here again. Um, you know, I think you have to not be living in that fear, right? Living in that fear of should I not be selling? Should I? You you have to ultimately take action. So financial hardship is a big deal right now. I think it's one of those things where if you can't be working on sales, which you 
absolutely should be selling right now if you can in any creative form that you can, like what Jacqueline is saying, pivoting, getting creative, all the things. Um, but if you can't, then you work your runway up to when you can sell and when we're on the other side of this pandemic, because it really is, we we call it this tunnel, right? And this tunnel that we're going into that will have a light at the end of it. So what are you going to be selling? How are you going to be paving that way? And how can you ultimately make more sales when you're on the other side of this? And um, for financial hardship, you know, we're all entrepreneurs for some reason or another. Um, and it usually, you know, all of us are really savvy. We're resourceful, get savvy and resourceful and tap into those things that made you an entrepreneur and make it happen in any way that you can. Yeah, that's a really good advice. But how do you take a business from a startup to seven figure business? (laughs) That is longer than this podcast episode. But ultimately, I think when you think about starting a business, you need to think, is it, it, is it relevant, right? Do you have a customer base? Is it something that people need or want? Um, I think you have to really fine tune your messaging and get really clear on the platforms that you're going to sell on or be visible on. So we, um, we have a course called multi-stream machine where we teach multiple platforms that increase your sales and your visibility. And the idea behind that is, um, we like to say, or you, there's a saying that goes, a millionaire is a millionaire because they have multiple uh, streams of income. And we believe the same thing for product-based businesses. And even if you're a service-based business, you have multiple streams of revenue, whether it is that you either, if you're a service-based, that you have coaching and courses and masterminds, kind of like me and my business, which is service-based, or if you have a product-based business that you're showing up on other people's platforms, um, that you are using the free social tools that are there. And I think really, really, truly, it comes down to being consistent, showing up more and connecting with your customers. So actually engaging and being relevant to them. Um, And that's really, I mean, our podcast speaks on all of these points, but the most, the most successful, product businesses that we know, we always say, don't go deep, don't go wide, go deep. They haven't done all of the things. They may be really super creative and have all of these ideas, but they've really narrowed down and said, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to sell. And these are my customers. And they go all in on that. Do you have any tips on growing your business fast? Well, I mean, I think that everybody wants this like special magic bullet of growing your business fast. But I think that, you know, with anything, It takes a a bit of time or it takes money, right? So if you don't want to put in the time of learning yourself, you have to put in the money to go where the shortcuts are. That might be in, for instance, that course that Jacqueline and I were talking, uh, Jacqueline was talking about multi-stream machine, right? We sell courses that the idea is that we shortcut things for people. They make less mistakes and they're able to get to their um, end goal a lot faster. And sometimes people work with coaches, for instance, and they are shortcutted, be, um, the, they shortcut the learning curve. So they're able to pay for not making those mistakes and the foresight that that coach can give them. So I really think that there's no good answer in what's the quickest way to make a dollar. It's really, are you willing to put in the time? Are you willing to put in the money? And then what connections can you make to get you really closer to your goal? Oh, I see. And how do you know when you need to hire help? 
like is your business growing and you're expanding and you need more help because you're overwhelmed how do you know when it's the perfect time and how to hire perfect help that's a great question so when you're thinking about adding to your team you want to hire slow and fire fast so i think there's a point where, you know, my business, um, Designer Consulting Club, which is a fashion consulting company that I run, I actually had a huge team that worked for me. And what I realized was I needed to, we also say keep it simple seller, K-I-S-S, but I realized that I needed to scale back in the team and the complexity of it and have just really like one virtual assistant as I simplified my business. Now, when you think about it on the other side, as you're scaling, you've just started and you're scaling, you always want to make sure that the revenue is there to support. Now you can only grow to a certain point, like where you hit a ceiling before you need to add to your team to be able to get it past that next point. You may not be as profitable when you add that team member until you start to really sort of like, there's so many cliches I feel like I'm using, but like a well-oiled machine until it starts to turn over and kick out like output or product. So ultimately when you're thinking about adding, I probably would say if somebody's a startup, what can they add on virtually, like a virtual team member that maybe is someone who simplifies a process or if your time doesn't need to be spent checking your inbox or are there certain tasks that you can take off of your plate that aren't going to be detrimental or are there tasks you can take off of your plate that are going to grow you? So, you know, adding someone to manage your social or write, do your copywriting or um, if you need a sales team member or someone who's going to help you produce a lot of times with our product people, they've been everybody. They're the makers, they're the marketers, they're the CEOs. And so at some point, and we have an episode called scaling handmade where we teach people how to scale their handmade business, but not necessarily take it too far away from, um, from them doing it all themselves. So it really comes down to finance and what you think you can add on and afford. That's going to really make an impact on your business and help you grow it to be more profitable. Mm, that's great. But you know, when you start growing your business, there is always, um, when you hire somebody, you have to trust them. How do you kind of break that point and trust somebody? Because when somebody works for you, you really have to let them lead so many things and you have to like let them in with so much information that you have. Like, how do you break that trust point? Um, so the trust part really comes with the process of hiring, right? So you, you do want to know what you need on your team and you do, when you're hiring, you're asking certain questions that are answering more than what's your experience or do you know how to do Excel or can you do this, right? You're going to answer things. Sometimes what we'll do when we're hiring is we'll give very, we'll give specifics. We'll either ask them to do a project or we'll even responding to our resume. We might say like in the subject line, make sure to respond with, you know, and we'll give a word or something. Um, cause it helps show that they're following up on the details that you're asking versus someone who just blasts you their, their resume. I will say though, that always we do a trial period. Um, it's, temporary. It's usually about 90 days. It, somebody's on it before, let's say you give health insurance or certain insurances, or it could even be 30 days where it's a trial period. They're hired, but they're in your documents and your legal documents that it says like you're on a trial period in a way that we have the right to end this relationship or contract that time. Um, but no matter what, can you trust people? I think that comes down to your sense. And if you really feel like you don't have a good sense of people, it might be important for you to actually hire an HR person or hire someone to help you hire that can look 
at it from a different perspective. Mm, I see. That's a great advice. But do you guys believe in social media marketing? Uh, 100%. Yes, 100%. Um, we definitely believe in the power of social media marketing, but we don't, we don't believe that it's the end all be all. So if your customers are not on Instagram, then you don't need to be on Instagram. If your customers are not on Facebook, then you don't need to be on Facebook. Social media is really about being the gasoline that you've already started the fire on, right? So it's adding to your brand, it's adding to your messaging, it's adding to your audience and the relationship you have with them. But it definitely is something that um, is adding to, it's like adding gasoline to the fire, as I was saying, and not the thing that will typically be the tipping point for most businesses. You still have to have your systems in place. You still have to have your messaging just on point. You still have to have a fantastic product. And then the social media rolls into that and really helps with that. Hmm, that's great. Can you suggest any strategies on growing your business on social media? I think the thing is, is like, is like what Mina said, it's deciding on whether it's right for you, right? So for my business, for Designer Consulting Co-op and for Little Labels, actually, both of us don't really have a very large presence on Instagram because we've really uh, built our businesses in a different way, right? Mina's really big on Amazon. My Google SEO is very strong. And so if someone searches certain search terms, like I'm one of the top businesses that show up. For let's say the product boss, um, because our main top of our funnel is our podcast, that's how people mainly find us through searching on Apple Podcasts or wherever they search and they subscribe. Now, Instagram, like Mina said, is sort of that fuel on the fire. And we started, I mean, it took us a year to grow our first thousand followers. Um, it was nuts. And when we hit a thousand, we were like, oh my gosh, it took so much work to get us here. Right now, I think the organic growth on these platforms is difficult because the algorithm is not built anymore that it's something that's super, super easy. So we basically started testing images on our feed and seeing what resonated with our customers so or, or our followers. So no matter how many we had, whether it was a thousand people or 7,000 people, we, we test what people like and what they engage with. So you get five likes, you get, you know, 500 likes. Then once we saw that we did more of what worked and we stopped doing what didn't work. We tested though, it was always beta testing. It was always like people, do they like pictures of us? Yeah, but they like quotes better. And do they like stock images? No, they absolutely do not engage with stock images. So with our feed, we were really good with the with the captions and the feed. We're in our stories every day. We truly believe that you need to show up on video and you need to show up in your stories. It keeps you top of their mind because it's the first thing you see on your app. Um, but I think it's about consistency and showing up. That's what we teach our students. It's being consistent and constantly showing up and it's slow growth, but it will grow. And it's better that you have a thousand true fans. Like the, there's the whole thing about thousand true fans and it's hundred percent true than 10,000 random people that you did a giveaway on. And now they're following you, but they're not really engaging with your content. They don't care. They're not your customers in the end. Um, we had a thousand people and our, I mean, our, uh, what's it called? Like return or our turnover of a thousand people that followed us. We sold, I mean, we've sold probably over a hundred thousand dollars worth of stuff in the DM on Instagram without that many followers, if that makes sense. So you don't need a ton of followers. You just need people that really care about you and that you fully engage with and have a real meaningful relationship with them. 
No, that's amazing. But it's for the business purposes because when you work with brands, that's a different story. <laughs> and how did you guys for products? That? You mean for product brands? Yeah, as the influencer side is different because brands. No, you can sell products. We we teach on how to sell products online. You just have to engage with your customers. So if you pull them, do you like pine scent or cinnamon scent? And they say cinnamon, then you message them back and you DM them and you say, hey, here's a coupon. Can we send you a coupon? Or if you love it, check this out. So you could still, without being a quote unquote influencer, I think you could still, you still absolutely can sell. A lot of the businesses we know right now with social distancing um, that weren't set up with websites, right? Maybe they sell on Etsy or maybe they were selling at markets. They weren't ready to sell. We have we have students that are selling directly to customers through the DM and in person, um, just using Instagram and making a lot of money that way. How did you guys master a perfect SEO? Because I know so many businesses struggle with that. How did you do it? Um, well, we do teach on that in one of our courses, but ultimately you just need to know what your keywords are and you have to create like SEO rich searchable websites. So if you're going to build a website, then it just needs to be, it needs to pertain to what people are searching for. Um, if they're not searching for that, if you, you think they're searching for, and there's really low searches, then it's irrelevant, you know? Um, so for me, I've had my business since 2007, so my SEO is natural because I had a website before other people had websites. Um, but I think it really comes down to keywords and really identifying what somebody's actually searching and then making that connect on your website or whatever platform they're searching on. Oh, that's nice. But out of all of the most effective ways, what, are you, what do you think, what is the one, the most effective way for to grow your business? To grow your business? Yeah. Um, do you mean platforms or or do you mean strategies? Your um, brand, the business. I think the thing that we see the most mistakes in that people could really work on is their messaging. So if you can get your messaging to be very relevant on the platform that is relatable to your, your brand as well as your customer and they love it, and you build on that engagement, they will eventually convert to customers. So it all falls down to the messaging and how relevant and how lovable, I guess, you are in that messaging for your customers. So that's where I see the most mistakes happen is people are very unclear. If, you, if you're unclear about your products, if you're unclear about your offering, or you're unclear about the benefits that you offer, then um, you'll likely lose the sale yeah i totally agree with you and when you run in your business what is the best tool to keep all your projects organized we use um we use asana and slack so it's something that we use because you've got a a large team before that you know we use trello um for me, it didn't, it didn't work as well. Mina was really efficient on it because I've always sort of managed a bigger team. So I was either on Basecamp or Asana. So I would say right now we're using Asana and making sure that everybody knows what their tasks are and things are assigned to people. So if they're just random in general, then, and they're not assigned, nobody's doing them. But if they're assigned to somebody and you know that that's your task and you have your due date, then you're going to get it done. I know so many people have complaints about Asana as far as like takes them time, more time to put in all the information than just actually do it. 
Yeah, it's really um, it's great though if you have a a team though you you're kind of building in your standard operating procedures. So d- even though it does take a long time in the beginning to kind of learn about it, in the long run it's easier because if you ever need to hire someone on for let's say the same position as um, that somebody has left, then they can just go to the Asana board and learn about the standard operating procedures and how to do it. I have a really good example because we're in the time of social distancing and COVID-19. So Mina and I have pushed back to our team on Asana. Um, We have our, you know, our directors of ops and our project managers and our assistants and we have our marketing team. We have a lot of people and Mina and I have used lots of different ways to communicate, whether it was Voxer messages or, you know, um, I don't know, sending things on notes. We have different ways. And our somebody on our team was in charge of Asana was like, you guys need to get everything in Asana. This is how to do it. And we've really pushed back. Well, like we talked about working on your systems and the time of social distancing, like what can we work on? Mina and I have been really working on trying to get into Asana more and be there. And the reason why it's such a benefit now is that somebody on our team actually has COVID-19. She's doing okay. She's getting better, but she's one of the people that runs the show for us. And she was so excellent at setting up Asana for us that Mina and I could actually just jump in and know where things were and know, okay, this is the next step. And this is the next step. And she can be sick without us bothering her, obviously, but that we're able to keep our business running without her because she was so excellent at setting up this whole thing. So I think this is just a really like as a real time point of what we're dealing with in our business. And the fact that this tool has actually helped us just continue on, you know, while wishing her well. Is she better now? How is she feeling? She's getting better. She's, yeah. um, she's, she's I think on she's the tail end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Like, because I know so many people gave not such a great feedback about Asana and I was kind of like concerned. I was like, it helped me. I know it does help people a lot and why is it not? So I guess I just wanted to hear from you guys, from the experts. Where can our listeners find you? What are your social handles and all the contact info? Well, we are always on Instagram. So we are at the product boss on Instagram. We're always in the DM. We love to um, interact with anybody and everybody over there. We also are on any podcast platform that you listen to your podcasts on, such as Apple Podcasts and um, iHeartRadio or wherever. Um, And you can search for The Product Boss Podcast. Nice. Thank you so much, guys, for being my guests. It was my pleasure. Yeah, thanks so much. Thank you. That was all for today, guys, and you can always find me on Instagram. It's not basic blonde underscore or NBB podcast, and this podcast is available on all the major platforms. If you really enjoyed this episode, you may leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and I hope you enjoy your week. Thank you, guys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.